This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. This episode is brought to you by Twizzlers. Long day, late night, feeling a little bored? Twizzlers is the ultimate sidekick for any moment of the day, no matter what kind of day you're having. The perfect level of sweet and a fun excuse to sit back and relax. Unwind with Twizzlers. To buy now, visit hersheyland.com slash Twizzlers. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the BBC Good Food Podcast with Tom Kerridge. I'm your podcast host, Orlando Murrin, and on this show, we're going to talk about some brilliant recipes and we'll even be tasting some of Tom's own creations. This is the BBC Good Food Podcast with Chef Tom Kerridge. I'm your host, Orlando Murrin, and we have in the studio today Genevieve Taylor, because we're going to talk about barbecuing. And I'd like to start, Tom, with a question. Have you ever had a barbecue catastrophe? What, haven't we all? <laughs> I mean, like, you go for a period, surely, of everyone doing sausages on a barbecue that's too hot, that they're black on the outside and raw in the middle. Hasn't everybody done that? I'm seeing shooting flames and fire extinguishers and fire engines in your particular case, though, because I know that you're a bit excessive in many ways. (laughs) So you wouldn't just stop at the burnt sausages. No, I haven't set fire to the garden. Like, I've never, (laughs) ever done that. I've never had to have a fire extinguisher. But I have got, so I've got kind of like a big fire pit barbecue at home with it's got a metal plate around the outside so it works almost like a plancher that works really nicely and then you've got kind of a cage thing over the top so you can cook it so i like but i do like big flames yeah i I don't it's exciting to look at and is your son into barbecuing uh, yeah, he absolutely loves it. I mean, something's on fire. I mean, he's four years old. Something's on fire. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> now, Genevieve, I know that you're, you've got a very exciting venture starting, which is the Bristol Fire School. I have. But you've also brought something delicious for, for us to taste. And tell us what this lovely thing is. Well, I brought you a smoked carrot dip today because, um, yeah, I love cooking things low and slow over barbecue and vegetables work really well low and slow. So smoked carrots, it's got some caraway and some dill and um, some cornichons on top. I think we should kind of snap, crackle and pop I think those. you should. And there's what some the... rye crisp bread to sort of go with did it. Did you make so the crisp breads as well? For sure I did, yeah. Amazing. Gosh. Yeah. So how do you cook carrots on a barbecue without them, like, 
how are they cooked? Now, when we talk about barbecues yeah. as well, is this kind of like an enclosed one that's more like a smoker or one that like we quite often think is barbecues is... A lot of people think of barbecues as the, the little throwaway yeah, yeah, tub. Yeah. Like, Don't use those. I hate those. Uh, yeah, I can exactly. Tell you about those in yeah, yeah. So, is this something that's got a lid on it? Yeah, that this you're is constantly... um, this is a, a lidded. I cook these in a in a camado oven, like a big ceramic camado oven, um, with a lid on because you can get a beautiful kind of low even temperature of those. But you can cook these in any barbecue with um, with a lid. You know, I always say you should barbecue with a lid if you can, because you wouldn't put your oven on in your kitchen and cook with a door open, would you? So it's kind of creating that kind of even heat and kind of keeping the energy. Is in. your barbecue under cover so you, you can use it in the rain or do you dash out but, when it's but raining? Barbecue's cause... plural. I've got a whole showroom <laughs> of barbecues in my garden. Yeah, they're, they're kind of, I, I have at the moment, I have kind of umbrellas that I move around and, you know, I just put anorak on. And But I'm getting a big tarpaulin kind of... Oh, tented, tented. For fire school, yeah. Something um, not flammable, we hope. No, kind of cotton-ish. Now, just tell us about the Bristol Fire School. So I'm a, I'm a sort of fire and barbecue cook. That's what I do for a living. And I, um, I go to all the festivals and I write books and demo it. But it struck me that actually the one thing that people struggle with, with barbecuing, is the fire itself. Because once you learn to be confident and master the fire, it's just cooking like anything else. So so um, fire school is going to be about giving people those fundamental foundations of how fire works and, and how to manage the fire, how to increase the temperature, decrease the temperature, you know, how to sort of work with the fire really rather than like tom said just flames and you know i I think you're right because i think everybody can understand the cooking process of something's hot we cook something on it yeah but it's that maintaining of it and and it's very different to a gas barbecue where you just turn it on and you can just have the volume yeah exactly i bet you've got a gas barbecue though haven't you I do a have a gas barbecue. I have, <laughs> I have every sort of barbecue you could possibly imagine. Where do people go wrong with the f- flame set up? They cook too hot. Um, so and it. they chuck charcoal the all over. I thought you were all standing around at the barbecue because the, it isn't hot enough because they can't get it alight. Is it the, you find the opposite the case? They well, get it too hot. Once you've lit it. Yeah, yeah. People put charcoal all over the base of their barbecue. And what you want to do is like a small fire on one side. And then you can cook directly and indirectly and you've got wriggle room. You can move your food, sort of adjust the temperature by moving your food further and closer away from the fire. So generally uh, people are over-enthusiastic and they put on too much charcoal and fan it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And create an inferno. We don't want that. Um, Have you had any catastrophes? Yeah, for sure, all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's part of the joy of... I'm thinking umbrellas. Flame and fire are going to get burnt. Isn't that that the phrase? I've set fire to my flower bed. It's now got a massive hole going through it. Sort of sleepers and wood. (laughs) Now, one question that springs to mind, because I'm sure a lot of people are worrying about this, and in fact, on social media, we've had a couple of questions. Should we actually be barbecuing? Is it okay from a sustainability point of view? Absolutely. I mean, this is something that I like banging on about for hours and hours and hours. If you use really decent, sustainable, well-sourced charcoal, it's a very, very good thing for the environment because... um, Charcoal comes from coppicing woodlands. That increases the biodiversity of the woodlands. It's really, really good for woodlands to make charcoal. And it's a very ancient skill that they've been doing since the Bronze Age. You know, so that is a very important skill for the health of our woodlands. So if people bought better, 
more locally sourced charcoal, that would be a very positive thing. If they buy the kind of mass-produced charcoal, is that still okay? No, it's absolutely. So in, that's the opposite. In my book, it's not okay. You know, the, the charcoal you pick up in the garage in the supermarket invariably comes from tropical hardwoods. Um, so that bad, big bad boy. It's 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 bad. It's um, laden with chemicals because they put chemicals <coughs> in to suppress it, setting fire when it's on a ship from wherever it came from. And then they put more chemicals on it to sort of get it going again once it's over here because you, you need to light it. So it's full of chemicals, full of rubbish. And we're not meant to use that squirty barbecue oh lighting God, stuff which taints no, the food, are we? Please don't use that. Because uh, do you use a chimney starter? One I, of those I love a chimney ch- starter, yeah. No, that's that's the quickest way. What's that? What's that? <laughs> well, it's like, a, um, it's like a chimney and it's got holes in the bottom. You fill it with charcoal. You put a little fire lighter underneath, a natural one that's made or of... Or you can even put some scrum, scrumped up newspaper. Yeah, or a little... Never worked for me, but they say that you can Come put to some fire scrum- school. I'll show you how to do it all under. <laughs> yeah, and you set fire to the fire lighter or the newspaper and it just shoofs the fire, kind of shoofs up the chimney, lights it, you tip it into your barbecue. I mean, Great. with good charcoal, you can get it lit in five minutes. Tom, do you barbecue in your restaurant <coughs> kitchens? No, we don't. We, there was a whole period um, a few years ago of a lot of pe- chefs using barbecues um, and using them outside or, or in, internal, kind mm. of like the, the the big green egg is a big chef kind of like barbecue that's being used a lot as a... As a and, and then there's a lot... There are ones with lids and that you yeah, can yeah. control the flavours and you can smoke and you can do that. However, in a commercial kitchen, barbecues are quite... They're quite dirty there's a lot there's a lot of the charcoal is essentially gets everywhere mm. like if chefs get covered in it it's kind of like it doesn't so if you're just essentially doing one dish on a menu that you want that kind of charcoal barbecue flavor it, it can create a whole world of trouble everywhere else for yeah. every other dish that you're doing so no i avoided doing it and avoid doing it at in, in a professional environment you could of course do i hate to suggest <clears throat> restaurant ideas to you tom but you could do a barbecue restaurant where everything's barbecued couldn't you you could do exactly that but that isn't what i do so it's just we don't forget however the flavors of barbecue are lovely we one of in one of our pubs we kind of do an outdoor steak night that is cooked on barbecues that we do so it's the butchers where people will go in and they buy their steak across the counter from the butchers and then they cook it in the garden through the barbecue which is amazing um but for, for the other environments, no, we don't. We don't use them. We don't. I use suppose them. The, the charring that you do, because I'm sure you char things on very hot metal. That's as near as you can get, but without the actual charcoal flavour. Would you say it is sort of? But there's something very, very special about barbecue. And when you come across barbecues done well and properly, they are amazing, and they're absolutely exceptional. I'm, I'm very fortunate that you know I've been invited to a lot. I've seen a lot. I've eaten a lot. I've been to the states. I've seen like, and there is so barbecues in this country. We we are still of the perception that it's something very quick to do mm. on a summer's day that you just go set fire to something cook some sausages actually mm. barbecuing is so much more about it there's people that are cooking and slow braising briskets of mm. beef and things that have just been marinated dry rubbed and for 48 hour marinade and then been slow cooked for another 48 hours you know yeah. the, the, it's processes that take days and days and days to get this wonderful really deep and rich flavouring that you get from the smoking and the ch- it's, it's not really the charring that you're getting it's that lovely infused the, wood and smoke yeah. flavour that's so, so special to really slow-cooked, amazing barbecues. Yes, it seems to me a bit stupid to set up a barbecue, get it alight with, a, with your chimney starter and whatever you do it, and then just 
stick on some sausages exactly, and cook them. It yeah. seems that you want to get more value out of that lovely fire that you've well, what, created. I mean, one of the things that I really want to encourage people to do is to cook their whole meal um, outside on a barbecue, you know, instead of just doing the sausages and the steak and then maybe making a bit of coleslaw in your kitchen, you know, cook the entire thing with all the side dishes and the, you know, all the beautiful vegetables. And what you, I know that you're an expert on vegetable and vegan barbecuing. Well, so we, what, what vegetables are, are particularly good slow cooked so that they absorb those lovely woody smoky flavours I mean you know all, all I just those... say the carrots the carrots the ca- in this yeah. are amazing <laughs> they are at, like this, this, this is delicious that's how carrots so dreamed cheese. of being isn't honestly, it honestly it's, 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 it's beautiful and, and this, this is really gr- subtlety great the smoke that well. comes through it. yeah. it's just it's, so so I think nice. I think with smoke you can really overdo smoke you need to sort of take it slowly um, and, and let the um, let the ingredients kind of shine as and well. And it tastes so real. Like quite often it, the s- smoke flavour is something that supermarkets have had quite yeah. a lot around. And you can so tell that it's just kind of like a false yeah, yeah. put artificial on smoke artificial scrim. smoke flavour. But this, when, you, when you're when you eating this, it's just beautiful. You can see that it's ingrained in it. It's been cooked in it for ages and it's got yeah. this wonderful underlying flavour of the well, smoke. Well this was cooked through. with um, for about two or three hours I think with some of my very favourite charcoal and just one lump of cherry wood. It's beautiful. Little lump of cherry. So do you um, wrap the cherry... Is the cherry wood wet? We hear a lot, lot, no, lots of things no. that about getting the wood, wood no. soaky smell. No, I mean, you, so get, you, you, get the, you can get those sort of wood chips. I prefer not to use those because, you, you, you know, you have to kind of wet them to stop them burning too quick. I, I would always put like a little, um, little lump of whole wood in because it will just smoulder very gently. And you just put it in so it's not wet, it's not wrapped in foil, none of that palaver because the chips you have to wrap them in foil and make pierce holes and things and you you leave them at the side, don't you? Just chuck the wood on the charcoal, just like a little piece, yeah. And then what other vegetables would you do? I mean, all those root vegetables are amazing. In in my book, Chard, you know, I've got sort of smoked celeriac and smoked, you know, cauliflower and carrots and smoked parsnips. And how long would they generally take? How long is a piece of string? I guess you just think about the um, the density of the vegetable. So the more dense it is, the longer it's going to take. Are they whole or do you cut them up? Yeah. Either either or. I mean, it just takes longer if they're whole. So it depends And they, how do they go directly on the, I, the, the, the metal? No, I very often put things. So these carrots went in an old roasting tin with some oil and some caraway seeds and stuff and some seasoning and then just put that on the grill because you don't want to lose all the... You know, with a long, slow cook, you, all those lovely juices are coming and out of the vegetables. You don't want to lose those to the fire. I want to keep all that in, and that, that ends up in the And dip. you covered the barbecue so that the smoke went in. Otherwise, yeah, the smoke sure. would kind of billow up yeah, yeah, around yeah. and go no, off into the atmosphere, this, this wouldn't is, it? This is the beauty of a lid. You couldn't, you, you wouldn't get that amazing kind of smoky flavour um, by cooking on a barbecue without a lid or grill, you know. Now, I do think, though, the worry that people have at home about barbecuing and barbecue is when you've put the lid down on it and then how do you then maintain its temperature? So you've got that to a temperature of your cooking that I imagine inside is around about, what, 140 degrees yeah, centigrade? Yeah, 140, and, uh, 150. Yeah. So, but then with the lid on, how as a normal person at home how am I men- maintaining it being 140 degrees because as you, you're going as the wood's burning yeah. surely it's going to get cooler and cooler and cooler do I need to keep feeding it what do I do no, it's because I mean, how do I I can see why people at home would be like I, I'm worried about this how yeah, do I make yeah, this work for sure I mean with the with the lidded barbecues um, you know you, you put quite a good amount of fuel in them and then you control the heat by shutting the airflow down so if you close it down you reduce the temperature you open it up boof you know the temperature which goes up so that's how you control it and if I'm cooking a really big joint of meat I would always insert a kind of meat probe 
in and leave it with a wire coming out so I don't need to keep opening and shutting. There's a there's a sort of famous barbecue saying that goes along the lines of if, if you're looking, it ain't cooking. So every time you lift the lid, it stops cooking because you lose all that kind of heat um, and you, you want to keep it in. So anything you can do to sort of not not look. And I think that's one of the things people get wrong with barbecues because they, they sort of prod it and poke it and poke the fire and then the fire goes out and you just kind of need to sort of be confident and, and leave things. It's like opening the oven door when you've got a cake in there. Sure. It's a bit kind of yeah, dumb, isn't it? the cake it? goes down. Yeah. Tom and I are always raving with enthusiasm about digital thermometers. But in yeah. this case, you want one on a wire. Where the, is that right? So that the, mm. the probe is on a wire and then the, the little device goes ding outside yeah. when it comes to heat. And yeah. you see what's happening. So Without that's a slightly that. different type. That's not the one where you... Because I mean, it's the same thing. It's just got a... Just you, got a longer you've got probe. got a wire between <laughs> yeah. the kind of probe and the, and the unit. Now, are you yeah. both going to shout at me when I mention liquid smoke, that stuff in a bottle? Because yeah, it comes in a really cute little bottle and they yeah. say on it that it's just smoke. Um, smoke put passed through water. It yeah. looks looks all right to me. No? No? No. no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to shout at you. Although I am going to... I'm going to do a diverse of, uh, opinion on that. Like, get rid of it. Don't use it. However, there's some really beautiful smoked butters yes. that you can find that yeah. have gone through that cold smoking process that oh, are delicious and lovely. I thought so they maybe you put a few drops of liquid smoke in no, them. No, you, fact, could, you can it. find some really good smoked yeah. butters that and are amazing. Oil as well yeah, and, that are really yeah. good. So that process mm. then, that use those if you want a, a flavour enhance to get that kind of flavour without mm. going through the process of slow cooking something for ages. You then use the butter, add the butter or the smoked oil that's been through. Mm. The process, not don't use the flavour enhancer. Use the use the product that has been smoked. Yeah, so you can is that add something it. you could do at home, Genevieve, or is that a, pro, a commercial smoking, smoking butter? butter yeah, oil. without a doubt, you just need a very low a low heat, cold smoke basically. And actually, cold smoking that's where you would use the kind of wood chips and the dust um, because you don't want to create heat with charcoal. You just want to light the sawdust shut the lid and oh. then it's just you get smoke without heat otherwise your butter melts or land over I'm going to have to come along to this fire well, to, to perfect my skills <laughs> sounds amazing I'm going to yeah, I, right? I, 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 I'm well up for going to <laughs> that we should go yeah, together let's do that we should do a live podcast from the Bristol Fire School why should. don't we just let's do that then <laughs> our producers are looking very anxious in the background but there we are yeah. um, Christy's um, oh, we've oh, never had got to go to Bristol question is proper accents there mate question in from social media from Matthew Ross can you cook a pizza on a barbecue yeah for sure you can cook a pizza on a barbecue would you want to yeah why not well I'm just worried that it's going to go black and burn and you know like the sausages on but black on the outside and cold in the middle yeah but that's like anything if you put like if you cook anything it can go black and burn (laughs) (laughs) why okay then let me let me rephrase Matthew's question why would you cook a pizza on a barbecue well I always say I mean I love being outside I, I can cook inside in the kitchen but I want to be outside so that's why I cook outside because oh. it releases me from the shackles of my kitchen and do your family help you do no. they join in my my kids are teenagers now so they sit upstairs and play on their phones <laughs> what and you ring a bell and then they come out and eat all this Crude, wonderful food I, I sort of shout out the dinner yeah. <laughs> now, can we talk marinades? Yes. Um, we've we've had quite a few people saying that they want advice on marinades. I mean, there there are about a million marinade recipes if you go online. Mm. Anything that they ought to be or ought not to be, and what's the difference between a marinade and a rub? 
Well, rubs well, generally dry. Dry, yeah. Rubs are generally that? dry, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Which and then and then it gets cooked with a kind of a moisturing process that goes on after a dry rub. Normally, like a steaming yeah. process or a brushing on of liquid, yeah. or or, yeah. or a marinade is that you sit it in the wet liquid, mm. that then you take it out and cook it, and then the wet liquid is then either used to reduce and then brush it on. So there's not really much difference. I mean, a dry rub for me gives. Helps to give a crust, yeah, which is so it, beneficial it, it, to certain yeah. cuts of That's meat. Basically, spice and salt and things. A rub, yeah, rub a dub. yeah, exactly. And then the marinade is kind of wet. So just, what what, what sort of things would you wish to see in a marinade? Not too much sweetness because that encourages burning. So I would. Oh, so you can have flare up the dreaded flare up. I would often make a marinade that was full of kind of spices and herbs and flavours but not not too much kind of honey or sugar or something like that and then I would brush that that element on right at the end to kind of get that caramelisation because you is that to give a kind of sticky finish there's yeah. a kind of nice yeah. you want ch- char and sticky don't Start, you yeah so you kind of think about that you know a dry rub um, would impart the flavour and then I would baste it with something sweet and sticky at the end just to kind of you know really ramp up that kind of and would you do that with vegetables as well or is that we're really talking meat no definitely vegetables I mean I, th- I mean I'd like to encourage people to cook vegetables in the same way that they would cook meat you know don't just have a kind of plate of boiled carrots in the end you cook them cook them like this and and they taste sort of a hundred times better now what about these um, marinades that include cola are they a gimmick tom or do you cook with cola no they're not gimmick they do work depending mm. on what you want like it is it is something that uh, essentially what is it i mean it's cola is a caramelized kind of vegetables with uh, yeah. uh, with with a sweetness to it so and a bit of acidity so, yeah which, exactly yeah. so it, it kind of works as you cook it and you reduce it down mm. what it gives is this lovely dark glaze where the sugars are caramelizing and mm. thickening and you've got essentially that kind of sweetness and flavor you don't want it just cola but cola will work as an added as the a liquid to add to anything else, but it's only like using dark stout or beer or yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very it's, popular. It's, as yeah, well, exactly. Yeah. It's the same sort of thing. It has a flavour profile. It contains sugar and a flavour that, as it cooks and reduces, it helps to give a glaze. So, no, essentially, it's not a gimmick. It's a, it's a, it's probably it's quite a good thing to use. It's, yeah, I'd say it's quite. A, I mean, I'm not the barbecue expert, but I can see why it gets used and why it would and why it works. Yeah, I kind of think that it would need to be. Uh, normal sugar cola and not diet oh, cola. Yeah, yeah no, be a bit weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, because yeah. it hasn't got the sugar content and the one yeah. caramelised. So it might not go sticky. It, yeah. it might go like no. brittle or go up in flames or something. I'm obsessed with flame. I've got flame fears today because yeah. we don't want to <laughs> lead our listeners into any kind of danger. And I'm here to save them from danger. <laughs> no, the, the, the cola, but the sugar content in the cola is, is a replacement instead of it being mm. honey or golden syrup or something mm-hmm. that you might put into a sweetness of marinade or brown sugar. So it, the natural sugar that you find in a can of cola will be the same that you'd have from adding something else. And in terms of barbecue sauce, which is a great favourite because people like to dollop that on Mm -hmm. as well, is that basically ketchup and mustard and a a brown sauce? Yeah, pretty much. Just taste it as you go along? Flavour it with different kind of, you know, spices or... A bit, bit of smoked paprika, a perhaps? Bit of smoked paprika, yeah. perfect. Like You start off with honey and golden syrup yeah. or something at the bottom, and then into that you whisk in some mustard, so you're trying to get a heat and a balance of acidity and then sweetness that comes from ketchup. And mm. like, and, and you can add, the, yeah, the smoked paprika or a pinch of, like, caraway works really nice. Mm. And just loads of different kind of flavours. that you Just play around with it, add to it, but you're looking for that natural balance of 
sweetness, acidity, warmth that might come from something, whether it's mustard, whether it's cayenne pepper, whether mm. it's you, you're just looking for the slightly spicier ketchup is probably the best way of describing it. Still to come on BBC Good Foods podcast with Tom Kerridge. What does kettle mean? It's round. It's just the kind of shape of it. Yeah. Is that your favourite one? or, or Because they, they also come in like in a half barrel sort of shape. Don't make me pick my favourite barbecue. It's like picking my favourite child. I don't want them to see that. Yeah, but you know which one is your favourite, <laughs> really. <laughs> I'm not saying. I'm not saying. This episode is brought to you by Twizzlers. Long day, late night, feeling a little bored. Twizzlers is the ultimate sidekick for any moment of the day, no matter what kind of day you're having. The perfect level of sweet and a fun excuse to sit back and relax. Unwind with Twizzlers. To buy now, visit hersheyland.com slash Twizzlers. Good Food has an expert aboard in the form of Barney Desmazri, and he's got this kind of um, cowboy formula, which he said will make anything taste like cowboy food, which is a mixture of oregano or oregano, chili powder, and smoked paprika. Mm. And I think they're equal quantities of it. And he, I think he throws that around with abandon. It's a lovely sort of combo. I don't blame him. It sounds delicious. Yeah, chili powder is a wonderful thing, isn't it? It really is, yeah. Uh, now, accompaniments to a barbecue. So we've got the flames leaping over there. They're not uh, under supervision. They're not leaping, they're, they're under, just sort under of careful su- uh, supervision with a, a spray <laughs> can of water, and, uh, spray, water spray in case there's any problem. So what else are we going to serve with it? Uh, potato salad, coleslaw, or something more? Yeah, ritzy. I mean, I, I'd, I'd like to encourage people to do everything on the barbecue, like I said. So, you know, you barbecue your your kind of vegetable element. So peppers are wonderful So on not barbecue. take the mayonnaise route? In an ideal world, No. No. Um, sweet corn? Would you sweet do sweet corn? corn? Is really how do you good. do your corn on a barbecue? Um, lots of different ways. I mean, I would g- generally in the peak of the season, I'd buy it with its kind of husk on it, and then just chuck that on with the husk. And the little silky bits. What? Yeah, do, I the don't bits know what that get stuck in your teeth. Yeah, and... I don't know what they're called. I can't remember what they're called. But yeah, so barbecue it whole, covered in in the husk, and then when it was blackened, I would peel that back. Right. And then start basting it. Um, I've got a really lovely um, Cambodian inspired marinade that's coconut milk and chili and a bit of fish sauce mm. and soy sauce or baste it on at the last minute and turn it over the over the heat. It's an amazing thing, a cob of sweet corn. Yeah, it's a bit wonderful. kind of crazy over-packaging, isn't it? Yeah. We must do a podco- podcast on it's corn perfect, at some point. It's amazing, amazing stuff. Yeah. Well, you do waste a lot, though, because you eat the lovely golden bit and then you've mm. got the, 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 the string bits and you've got the sheaf and you've got the cob, <laughs> all of which we don't find any use in my kitchen. I suppose they could go on the compost, compost heap. Yeah, compost heap. <laughs> Baked potatoes, do we do those on the barbecue? Yeah, just put them in the embers. Yeah, uh, that's called, ra- in barbecue land. That's called dirty cooking when you put stuff into the embers themselves. So you can cook steak like that directly on the charcoal, or peppers, or aubergine, or baked potatoes. Not wrapped in foil, then. No, just chuck them straight on. But then they come out all covered in ash and kind stuff. of. You just brush them off, and you know. But the steak must be very crunchy with lumps of charcoal. No, because isn't it? if you get the temperature right, um, it, it, 
it caramelizes the surface of the steak and you and the, you don't get the charcoal on it but you just get that really kind of dirty flavor this is very advanced barbecuing we're learning <laughs> here. i'm at a new level i'm a new level this is next yeah. level barbecue yeah but i i see i'm a big fan of brassicas cooked yes, on a barbecue amazing. So, so like yeah. things like cabbages that yeah. are done really and you get because they've got this really nice irony flavor mm. to them but they've also got this natural sweetness that runs underneath them that you don't really notice but then when you char them and roast them mm. that really draws those sugars they caramelize lovely so things like hispy cabbages are cut in half and just yeah. chucked on are absolutely delicious it's brussels sprouts done on a barbecue amazing like little burnt leaves around the outside yeah. that taste fantastic they're really really good purple sprouting broccoli is another one so there's something good. about so charred good. charred charcoaly cabbage family yeah, it's, it's wonderful. wonderful I can smell my nose is hinting to me that we've got something delicious to eat and this is a Tom Kerridge recipe and this mm. is a recipe that I've made probably half a dozen times this is one of my favourite summer recipes that might be more than I've made it <laughs> <laughs> will you tell us a bit about it Tom yeah or- so it's a short rib of beef and it is kind of like it, it's one of those dishes It's it, this is not for advanced barbecue and this is kind of getting in there to start with so this is I thought it seemed quite challenging it takes a long time you know it does but you're doing it in the oven aren't you yes so, you're, you're so baking, the process yeah. is it's the process of steaming and slow cooking a um short rib of beef which is actually a beautiful cut of meat for for barbecuing if you're going to do it it's one that works well if you're a true barbecuer uh, like where you can have that slow cook content because it's got a beautiful fat to meat ratio and it renders down amazingly but also you're getting those flavours those barbecue flavours infused in the oven slow cooked and then it's you leave it you can chill it and then it's bringing it back to life by putting it on the barbecue Mm. with the so you get that smoky flavour at the end you try and get that and then you bring that glaze onto it so so you're not having to worry about you're not cooking it for eight hours slow cooked on a barbecue in and outside Genevieve like, would do that exactly yeah, this is Gen- yeah, but, yeah. so this is kind of like this is like barbecuing for beginners right so this will hopefully lend you oh, into well, that's, the next that's what I got on so well with the recipe yeah. I'm now lifting the Ooh, lovely foil we, yeah. have, we like our sound effects in this podcast you do so yeah there's the foil coming <laughs> off which I'm going to pass to our assistant Jack Jack, go, Jack Jack of the foil and my goodness that looks glitter Gleaming and juicy Beautiful. and flavoursome and lovely onions Thank as well. You. And we could have that with a bit of the, uh, the ca- smoked carrot, couldn't we? It. Have you got it? Sort of. Hang on. Blanc. There we go. Oh, lovely. If this were a kind of summer party, we would have one of these each, wouldn't we? Whereas we're like yeah, picking the meat off. But this is no, I'm not criticizing kind of like you. Where... Honestly, it's not a criticism. We would have, we would have one short rib each, wouldn't we? But exactly that. And this is where you talk about um, barbecue food, and it, you all see it somewhere. In is it just a chicken breast that's cooked, or a sausage that's cooked on the yeah. barbecue? Actually, this is you know summertime eating, and it is about short ribs that essentially is a braise and a slow cook mm. but it's it's for outdoors it is summer food can be braised it just hasn't got to be just quickly cooked you know or poached or steamed lightness actually it's about the understanding and loving it you know a dish yeah. like this works so well in hot countries they do make food that takes a long time to cook they they yeah. and it simmers in the background in a comforting kind of way doesn't it so it's not all about if it's if the weather's hot it's got to be quick is it and um, what would you serve this with, Tom? I think in the in the magazine we did serve it because the recipe came out in good food. We served it with with coleslaw, but a rather special coleslaw. It was one that had uh, rainbow vegetables in it. I've got to be honest. If we can go back and redo that recipe, I'd take the coleslaw out and I'd serve it with this um, 
<laughs> I'd serve it with this smoky, uh, this smoky carrot. Um, I can send you the recipe, Tom. It's amazing. <laughs> that I would swap swap the coals, ditch the coals, and go with this. It's delicious. Mm. It's so tender. Mm. That's all the um, the um, the the fat from the meat has coated everything. Mm. And then what I usually do is, I'm sure the recipe tells me to do this. Uh, you, dr- you when you've braised it, you drain away the fat. You get rid of all the fat because you don't need it or want it. So you've got all the succulents without kind of gloopy fat around everywhere. Exactly. But th- th- this is one of those processes where mm. where fat is flavour. Fat is definitely um, flavour, yeah. And works so well with its kind of barbecue. It works so well mm. with smokiness. It's, it's very rich. You don't need to eat a lot of it. You just need a small portion. Mm. And it's amazing. You're full up. You're not. It's just incredible. And with the vegetables, do you mm. put fat with the vegetables when you're barbecuing them? Mm. Do you do you grease them up on the outside or yeah, just or, a bit of olive br- oil often or um or butter. I mean, butter burns quite quickly. So again, I would save the butter for the end. Um, you know, so if you were doing a whole cauliflower, for example, get it cooked three quarters and then start basting it in sort of a spiced butter or. Do you know we had someone we had a rather mysterious comment from in from social media saying please no cauliflower, which I think is very ungrateful. What's wrong with cauliflower? Exactly, what's wrong with cauliflower? Well, I get think, a grip. I think, well, I th- I can kind of see why that is because cauliflower has had a massive like it's been cauliflower rice that oh, idea of it right. all being used and too much like cauliflower has been. However, like a whole roasted cauliflower, Jeez, like amazing, amazing. Yeah. it's and, beautiful and as well. The green outer leaves as well, they're yeah. just fantastic. Mm-hmm. People mm-hmm. cut them off and throw them away. What are you doing that for? I mean, I think delicious. a few years ago, cauliflower flowers are in danger of dying out in this country because nobody, Endangered species. nobody <laughs> ate them and so they've had this real kind of renaissance and I think that can only be a good thing. My mother used to say that the green leaves around the outside were the tastiest bit of the cauliflower. Yeah. And Chop you, them up you got and one if, them. if you'd been so good, good, you got one. Mm. Um, now, Jennifer, I want to ask you about equipment. So yes. we've got our, our line-up of barbecues um, mm-hmm. of which you've got dozens and dozens all under their individual <laughs> umbrellas. But what other tools have you got? In the way of, uh, I mean, I'm not a big kind of gadgety, tooly oh, kind of person. Come on, this is an excuse for a I whole think load that's, of kit. I think that's kind of man barbecue. You want a, you I want like a shed? To, full I like of to keep sh- it really simple. Stainless so steel bits and pieces. Kind of tongs. Tongs. And um, I've got this kind of funky thing. that's called a spatu tong. So it's like a kind of fish slice underneath and a tong on top. That's, I, that I is, love that. Genevieve's that making it. If, oh, we should televise this. <laughs> Genevieve's making these marvelous <laughs> flapping motions with her hands, which are so descriptive. We, you would know exactly what a spat spatu tong. Tongue. A spatu tong yeah, looks wonderful. like if you could have seen that. Just thing. do the sound effect for listeners. So that they, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so a good set of tongs, some heatproof gloves. I've got kind of leather gauntlets. Gauntlets. Yeah. What? Oh, uh, Although I wish they made them in women's sizes because they're sort of for big kind of hairy welders. They're sort of massive. <laughs> do they go right up your arms? No, no, just sort of here. And then any other protective gear? No. No. no, no, like no, because aprons. if you light the fire well, no. properly, you don't need a protective gear. You know, it goes back to the fire. Now, I've got a wooden roof deck, which I'm always worried is going to catch fire. And someone said to me that you can get a kind of um, heat, flame-proof yeah, rug I've, thing um, to, to lay I've out. Got, I've got a big kind of welder's mat again. Got welders. a lot of welding. I think I think Genevieve welds welds I'd, in I'd her like spare time. I'd like to do a welding <laughs> course. Actually. It's the next be quite thing, cool. isn't it? Yeah, it's like a three meter by three meter kind of mat for welders, and I take it when I when I'm doing pop-ups and stuff. I take it to places and put my fires on it just so that everybody's happy and the insurance is happy yeah so you can get one of those for your deck and then in terms of the actual barbecue Mm. um people buy a lot more barbecues than uh, they don't buy just one in their lifetime they seem to replace them quite often yeah so next time they're going to replace them we're saying firmly charcoal aren't we yeah for me 
Definitely. Um, I would invest in something with a lid, without a doubt. I would also in- really encourage people to sort of invest properly in a barbecue, get, a- get something that's going to last 10 years. And you talk a lot about having a area, a large mm. area of barbecue. So even if there are only two of you, that's you the want... real estate. That's the cooking <laughs> real estate, is what we call it. Um, you need this. You want a wide space so that you've got the different cooking areas. Yeah. Even when, even though you're not, even if you're not cooking for I mean, forty. No, it doesn't need to be massive. You know, I've got a, ke- a sort of pretty standard kettle-sized barbecue. Is one of the ones I use. Very. What does kettle mean? It, it's round. It's just the kind of shape of it. It looks like a kind of round. Sphere. It looks like it's landed from outer space. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. I reckon. Yeah. Is that your favourite one? Or, or Because they, they also come in like in a half I, barrel sort of shape. Don't make me pick my favourite barbecue. It's like picking my favourite child. I'm not going to see that. Yeah, but you know which one is your favourite, <laughs> really. <laughs> I'm not saying. I'm not saying. And then just one final thing, again yeah. on a health uh, question. Mm-hmm. That, um, uh, many years ago, there was a scare about the, uh, eating smoked stuff mm. and burnt stuff in particular. That's still, I'm sure, viable. We don't want to eat burnt stuff, but yeah. smoke's considered okay. Where, I think there is there is um, there is a certain level of carcinogens in very very burnt food. Another reason to learn how to barbecue possibly properly, so you don't kind of charcoal the outside and have it raw in the middle. It's about kind of taking it taking it slowly and cooking it properly. But if you, you know, anything that you turn into charcoal, if you did it in your oven for too long, it would go charcoal. It's not going to be good for you to eat. Yeah, toast or if you you eat burnt toast, it's very, very bad for you. Yeah. Well, Thank you so much, it's Genevieve. I think that you're going to find Tom and I down at the Bristol Fire School b- before long. Definitely, yeah. I want to know how to make them carrots. They're lush. It's in the book. It's in the book. And we're going to be very... Um, I've got a new approach to barbecuing now, yeah. so I'm not going to go for the for the, the high, exciting heat and the leaping flames. Mm. I'm going to keep it all long and slow and get some smoke going and not attack the food in this way yeah. that I've got a bit overexcited about. Yeah. So thank you very much, Genevieve Taylor. Thank you, Chef Tom. And pleasure, mate. Goodbye, everyone, and look forward to seeing you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the BBC Good Food Podcast with Tom Kerridge. Subscribe now to never miss an episode. And to find out more about the recipes we've been talking about, go to bbcgoodfood.com. 